Good afternoon. Welcome to the North Point of View. I'm here with Dr. Walter Kimsies. Walter, how are you? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while. It sure has. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a long, hot summer. We're back yeah, exactly. into the fall football, and um, we've got political debates, mm -hmm. um, a lot of issues out there. One of the things, obviously, that we look at sort of across the board is uh, the amount of debt that our country has, but we, we have been talking more and more recently about China. That's right. And their debt levels. Um, how do they compare to the U.S.? So and remembering that the way the government finances itself in China is kind of weird compared to most of the rest of the world where the municipalities and the counties right. and the cantons, they levy taxes and they pay their bills that way. In China, you can't do that. This is all the only taxes are really the federal government. Right. But having said that, U.S. debt to GDP ratio running about 120, 125 percent. China's debt to GDP ratio, when you add up all of the municipalities, which is where all the, the debt is really hidden, it's 297 percent. So almost three times greater than the U.S. debt to GDP ratio. Yeah, that, I mean, obviously ours is high. Well, it is, the last time it was here was World War II. Right. So we understand World War II, why it got like that. But why now? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's just the, our government has not been responsible. And we're not being political by saying that. Right, mm -hmm. right. Uh, I think, you know, for me, it's pretty hard to wrap my head around uh, a number that's two and a half to three X of our debt. Mm -hmm. what, what does, how does that play out? Well, it doesn't play out very well. Right. And the reason it doesn't is what, what is this debt issued on? So some of the increase in the debt by the Chinese government was for the Belt and Road Initiative. Mm -hmm. Lent money to a lot of countries to build infrastructure, and that infrastructure has not really paid off. <clears throat> and so they have debt that probably will not get repaid. Right. But what you also have in China is uh, a lot of investment in infrastructure that's not being used. In some of the poorest cantons, you have four or five airports. Uh, you have high-speed rail, and nobody's using those airports. And the high-speed rail stations, some of them have been empty for so long that they finally just shut them down. So the problem is, is that was taken out in order to build these things. How are you going to get the revenue to pay this off? Yeah, at some point, somebody's got to pick up the tab, right? Exactly. So there are many options out there. One of them would be to just print a hell of a lot of money, in which case you would cause a lot of inflation. Right. And in that case, uh, any dreams of making the renminbi a, a world currency go out the window. Okay. All right. So, but let's kind of turn around and look a little bit about what's going on inside. Real estate is 25%, building real estate is 25% of China's GDP. And the Communist Party has known for the longest time, that's not healthy. You know, you gotta back away from that. Uh, but as long as real estate prices were going up and up and up, uh, it was difficult to get people to stop building. By comparison, what is it in the US? Uh, I, you know, I didn't look that up, but my guess is it would be closer to about 10%. Half of that, right. Yeah, easily. So it's a very high amount. <clears throat> it's resulted in, in, in a number of things like ghost cities. Yeah. But the big problem is, is 
the access to the financing to keep the machine going, right? Because it's essentially a Ponzi scheme where you need new money to come in to pay the old money, and then you can go and build more stuff. And uh, the government, to stop this, they decided to make sure that the financing wasn't available for the big institutions, the big developers. So let me translate to more simple terms. There's a bubble, and the Communist Party is trying to deflate the bubble. So let's look all the way back to the Babylonian times, or Mesopotamian times. There have been so many bubbles, speculative bubbles on things. One of the more famous ones was back in the 1700s, I think. It was the, the Dutch tulip bulb. Right. Well, all right. Yeah. So we've heard of these things. This yeah. is, but we're, you know, it may be a 12,000 year history for humanity, but we have not changed much. We're the same stupid, greedy people. And when we see prices Fear going greed, up. Fear and greed move the markets, right? Exactly. <laughs> Fear and greed. So, you know, we've, we've repeated this over and over and over again. Right. So, in the history of the world, all these bubbles came to an end. And they did not end well. They popped. And in China, they're trying to deflate the bubble. Um, good luck with that. You do that. You're the first institution in the history of the world to actually manage to deflate the bubble. It never ends that way. And what we've seen is Evergrande, their biggest developer, about a month or so ago, uh, they filed for a Chapter 11 uh, in the United States. There's a lot of assets issued here, so this is where you would do it. Right. I forgot the na exact name of the second one, but I think it's Country Garden. And uh, they're teetering on the verge of default. They're asking the Chinese domestic investors for extensions on the, the debt terms because, you know, as we know, one way to solve a debt problem is to just extend it out, you know, really right. far in time. Yeah, there was an article in the journal on that last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. So they did that in Europe because what happened in Europe, but they're not any smarter than the Communist Party, just so we're on the right page here. Yeah. So going into the 80s, uh, the, uh, the pension plans in all of the different European countries, they weren't the EU really yet. And so in Holland and Switzerland and Austria and Germany, etc., the pension plans bought up all of the government bonds. There were none left to be bought. <clears throat> so they asked for permission to buy real estate in, in their countries. So next thing you know, the pension funds own 80% of the real estate. And then somebody asked a very inconvenient question. Uh, at some point, don't we have to start paying people by selling off these assets? Yes. And will we be selling off these assets all at the same time? And then some bad words were said as they realized they were in trouble. Yeah. So they needed to get the real estate back into the hands of the public. And what they did is they created, in the case of Switzerland, a 100-year bond. Because the real estate prices had been bid up so much by the pension funds that the only way you could buy a house is with a 100-year mortgage, which when you died or when you sold the house, went to the next person who takes possession. Yeah. So that solved the problem to some extent. Um, so they could try something like that in China. But there are other little problems, and that is they got ghost towns. Yeah, I mean, you have an, an illiquid asset at some point, right? That's right. So um, I brought this up to people before, and they said, why do I care? I live in the United States. Oh, you care. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Single largest owner of U.S. government debt is China. And a few years ago, the comedians like Jay Leno and others would say that, oh, America owes all this money to China, which is stupid. 
You owe, not right. You owe money to whoever owns the bonds. If China sells the bonds to Germany, then we pay Germany. If they sell it to, to me, then they pay me. That's it. But China was doing this because they have a trade surplus with the US. And if they take the excess revenues they get and they use it to buy the renminbi, the renminbi would appreciate in value and make Chinese exports to the US more expensive. Right. And this market mechanism would start to correct the trade surplus that China had with the US. So how do you avoid doing that? Keep the dollars in America. Well, where do you put them? In US government bonds. And so the Treasury International Capital Report as of 2009 showed that China had become the largest owner of US debt because it's a currency manipulator. Japan had been the previous largest one and they, were, they are a currency manipulator. The yen during most of my life has been between 100 and 200. Right. It rarely goes down below 100 or even gets to 200. And that's because it's manipulated. So uh, if China really has to pay an awful lot of debt down, they may have to sell a lot of US government bonds. They dump the bonds. Happens, right. Yeah. Price drops, yields go through the roof. And uh, if you think it's tricky trying to price real estate deals, in this environment where the Fed is unstable and what they're going to do with the Fed funds rate, see what happens under a chaotic situation. So, um, yes, this keeps me asleep at night. Now, you always ask me, where is the bright side of this? Yeah, I need, I need a silver lining on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been I just really don't like the scenario where the second largest economy you know, in the world begins to tank. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Janet Yellen, our Secretary of Treasury, a few months ago went to China to talk about trade. I don't think she was talking about trade. Yeah. I think she went over there and said, listen, your house is a mess. We're happy to help you. We'll bring some vacuum cleaners, a broom. We'll bring a couple of cleaning people, some janitors, some maids, and, and we'll help you clean it up. But you got to clean this up. This is just too risky. But you don't hear the IMF, the World Bank, the European Central Bank, Bank of Japan ever talk about it. And that's what's always kept me a little on edge. But the Janet Yellen one over there, I, I, I think that was her real agenda. I, I really do, Mark. Yeah, it's a big issue. And obviously, it's, it's something that we've got to um, sort of keep our eye on, uh, which leads me to another question that mm -hmm. we'll get to in our next session. All right, perfect. Hey, Walter, let's, let's great being with you. All right, man. See ya. Thanks. See ya.